Today's year begins three lines from the top of Daf Hey. We should mention that we are, in effect, continuing the topic we discussed in our previous year, the latter part of our previous year, dealing with the attribute of haughtiness and how one should uh, avoid behaving thusly. On the third line from the top, the Gemara asks, Azhora legase horuach minayin. Where do you find a scriptural reference prohibiting behavior of that nature? Haughtiness. Omar Rovo, Omar Ziri, Shimu Vahazinu Al Tigbo. So you see in this Pasuk, Al is a, uh, an expression meaning do not. And the word Tigbo is from the Shoresh from the root of Govoa to be uh, high, lofty, or in this case, high spirit haughtiness. Rav Nachmon bar Yitzchok Omar Mehocha. From the following, we have the Azhora, the negative command concerning haughtiness. Verom Levovcha Vishochachta. Uksiv Hishomer Lucho Pen Tishkach Es Hashem Elokecha. So the first citation, Varom Levavcha, has to do with a haughty spirit, and then Vishochachta, through haughtiness, one forgets the Almighty. And concerning forgetfulness, it says, Hishomer Lechopen Tishkach, Es Hashem Elokecha, you see the words Hishomer and the word Pen, Uchidarebi Oven Omer Abilo, the Omer Oven Omer Abilo, Wherever one of these words appears, it indicates a negative command. So that when you see, where does shikha come from? Where does forgetfulness of the Almighty come from? From Verom Levavcha. And concerning forgetting Hashem, you have a negative command in the form of Dorash Rav Avira, Zimnin Omar Le Mishmeid Ravasi, Vizimnin Omar Le Mishmeid Ravami. We saw this marking in our previous year featuring Rav Avira's uh, Droshes. Sometimes in the name of Ravasi, sometimes in the name of Ravami. Kol Adam Sheesh Boigasis Ruach. Anyone who possesses that quality of haughtiness, the Soif Mismaet. Eventually he will fall from his. Supposed importance. Shenemar Romu Me'at. Romu has to do with haughtiness, and then Me'at becoming reduced to little. Veshemo Toimar Yeshno Ba'olam. You might say, all right, so he's reduced, but he remains. Tamalomar Vienenu. In that very same Pasuk that you can see we've quoted on the side of our uh, marked Gemaras, you see that it says Vienenu. Vimchoserbo, and if he atones, if he repents, Nesaf Bismanoi, Ovinu. So he will merit then living a full life, and Nesaf means to be collected from living and eventually die in his right time. As as was the case with Avram Avinu, Shinemar, Fehumchu, Fehumchu has to do with lowliness, humility, Kechol Yik Potsun, and 
the idea of yikpatsun means to be gathered in. So that in the posuk you see, with humility, kechol yekpatsun. And what is the significance of the word kechol that we dashed underline? Kavrom, Yitzchok, V'yayinkiv, Dechtiv, Bahu, the forefathers concerning whom is written, Bakol, Mikol, Kol. These words appear in different psukim, in association with each one of the ovos, and uh, Avram Avinu, one of them, being described as someone who lived a full life. The imlav, however, if a person does not behave thusly, he doesn't repent, this, of course, you can see is the end of Pasuk Chavdalid of Eov Perek Chavdalid. My Ucharoshi Bolis, what is the reference to the Rosh, that means the top of a Shibolis of the of a stalk of grain? Rav Uno Vravchista. Chad Omar Kisosa de Shibolta. We should have explained that in the Pasuk Ucharoshi Bolis, Yimoli, Yimoli means to be cut off. You might be familiar with the word bris milah. Milah is a cutting. Uh, so, it's a reference in the pasuk to a sheaf, uh, uh, a sheaf of gra- a sheaf of grain, where the top is cut off. So, one shot, one explanation is a reference to the sosa of shibolta. These are fibers that extend beyond the top of a grain. And they would be uh, described as being cut off. And such is the case with someone who remains haughty. The Omar and the other approach, you have Rav Huna and Rav Chista, the other one explains, Kishiboilis Atzma. The Kurosh Shiboilis Yimolo is a reference to the top of the grain, the stalk of grain itself. Not a reference to the fibers that extend beyond, but the grain. The, the comb of grain itself. I understand well, according to the approach that says that Kurosh Shibolas Yimolo was a reference to the fibers that extend beyond the top of the grain. That is what the Posuk means when it says Kurosh Shibolas, the, the head of the Shibolas, the sheaf of grain. Elo Lamand Yomar Kishibolta Atzma. But the explanation that says it's a reference to the grain itself, to the grains, the comb of grains themselves, my ucharosh shibolas. What is the reference to the head of the shibolas when you are saying the posik is referring to the shibolas itself, to the comb of grains that appear at the top of the stalk itself? See, the, the, the term rosh indicates something extending beyond. But if you're explaining Kiroshi Bailas Yimolo as a reference to the to the grains themselves that grow at the top of the stalk, what is the role of the word Rosh? Omar of Asi Vikhaintona de Bay Rabbi Ishmael, Moshal Laodom, Shinichlas Sikh Sadeo person, an analogy to a person entering his field, Gavoya Gavoya Hu Malake. The tendency is to to gather, to cut off those that are the tallest. The others, uh, one will assume, um, are left to grow, to mature further, so that when you enter a field and you see certain grains uh, growing taller than the rest, those are the ones that you will cut off first. So that haughtiness is 
being portrayed as a stalk of grain growing taller than the others. This idea of height, of, of uh, uh, high spirit, haughtiness is portrayed here. We continue with a posuk from Yeshaya, Perik Nunzayan posuk Tes Vov. Uh, we've quoted the entire posuk on the side of the Gemara, and let's read it together. Kiko Amar Rom Viniso Shochinad Vekodosh Shemoy Morom Vekodosh Eshkoin. The posuk describes the Almighty who dwells on high. Viesta Koshval Ruach Lachyos Ruach Shvolim Vilachyos Lev Nidkoim. The Almighty who dwells on high is together with those that are of contrite and humble spirit. Rav Huna Verachista. In describing this V.S. Daka, uh, the word Daka is a person who is, is uh, well, uh, literally has to do with crushed down, but it's a, a person who is uh, of, of humble spirit. So one approach is Chad Omar Iti Daka. That means that I, the Almighty, raises the, the humble unto me. V'chad Omar Ani Es The other approach says that the Almighty, so to speak, descends down to meet, to be with the one of of humble spirit. It's uh, more likely, like the approach, the second approach, that he, the Almighty, descends down to be with the uh, the uh, humble, humble spirited individual. Sherei Hakadosh Baruch, we find that the Almighty he near kol he uh, he uh, abandoned all mountains and hills. Vehishro shchinoso har Sinai, v'lo gova har Sinai lemala. He came in the giving of the Torah to have his divine presence dwell upon Mount Sinai, which was a lowly type. Mountain, the low Gova Harsina Lamala, and didn't cause Mount Sinai to raise upwards. So that we see the idea of the Kodesh Baruchu Kiviochol descending down to that which is lowly, as opposed to raising up the lowly to become very high. Omar Rav Yosef, Midas a person should always. Pra, uh, learn from the ways of the Creator. We find the Almighty left left behind all mountains and hills, and dwelled, His divine presence dwelled upon Mount Sinai, the lowly of mountains. Omar Rebelozer, Kol Odom, Ruach, Roy Anyone who has this characteristic of haughtiness, he is fit to be cut down like an Asherah. Asherah is a tree that was worshipped in idolatry. You can see that we have, of course, a continued series concerning the uh, people that have this quality of Gassus Ruach, and, and, and in the Gemara immediately you can see we have a double underline added marking to highlight a series of Rebelozer comments on this topic. So Rebelozer says that one who is a Gas Ruach, one who is haughty, is worthy or fit to be cut down like an Asherah tree. In one posuk in 
Yeshaya Perik Yud Posuk Yid Gimel. It says Verome Hakoyma Geduim. The high spirited are cut down. Uksiv Hasam. And there, in the context of idolatrous trees, trees that were used, that were worshipped in idolatry, it says, Vashereihem Tegadeon. So you have the word, the, uh, the uh, root of this being Gimel down in Ayin, Gadea, or Goda, in both places, high spirited and idolatrous trees. The Omer of Elozer, Kolodem Shiyeshba Yigazes Haruach Ein Afro Nin'er. Person who is haughty, his dust, the dust of decomposition after a person dies, will not ninar, will not arise upon the resurrection of the dead. Shnemar, hokitsu varananu shoichne ofar. That's the posuk, the posuk describing the arising of the shoichne ofar of the dead. Now, shoichne uh, ofar is featured in the posuk. Shichve ba'afar lo nemar. It doesn't say literally those that are lying in the dirt. A simple reference to corpses that are in the ground. Elo shochne afar. What is the significance of this term shochne afar? Mi shenase shochen lafar b'chayov. He who was like a neighbor of the dirt. The dirt being that which is on the ground, that which is lowly. So someone who practiced a life of lowliness, of, of uh, humility, he will merit Hokitsu Varananu, the uh, resurrection of the dead. Anyone who has within him this characteristic of haughtiness, the divine presence bemoans him. Shinemar. Now, here uh, we have uh, a, a quote from the Pasuk. In Tehillim Perekuf Lamed Ches Posuk Vov. Before reading the quote of the Gemara itself, the uh, preceding words of this Posuk from Tehillim uh, Kuf Lamed Ches Posuk Vov says, Ki Rom Hashem Veshafal Yireh. And the Gemara words we have here, Vegovoa Mi Merchok And the expression Yeyeda is. A, uh, a, a language of, uh, of bemoaning. And Rashi uh, points this out. If we look at Rashi across from here, a few lines up, the beginning of the Pasuk says, Hashem, the Almighty is lofty, the Shafal, Yireh, the Shafal means the lowly he will notice, the Govoa, which is in our quote, the Hagavoa, the lofty one, the haughty one, Mimerchok. What does that mean? Mikodem Shetavolov Puranus Yomimrabim Yeda. That before the, uh, the the suffering befalls him, Shechina Misayinenes Umishtaberasolov Kemova Yedal Menusov. And there are other psukim that Rashi quotes indicating the word Yud Dalit Ayin indicating. A bemoaning, so that the gavoa, the the one who is who is uh, haughty, mimerchok way before merchok means the distance before the uh, the, uh, the punishment befalls him. The shechina, the divine presence, is already bemoaning him. And now we have another drasha of Rabavira 
And hence you can see this crown marking that we uh, saw earlier. Dorash Ravira, Bitema Reb Lozar, Bo uh, in this case, by the way, uh, Rabbi Avira is quoting a different uh, source than the uh, names we saw him quoting earlier. But uh, uh, either Rabbi Avira, and some say Rebbe Lozer, and Rebbe Lozer would be um, part of the series that we just saw uh, with the double underlines. So uh, either Rabbi Avira or Rabbi Lozer says, Bo-re-e, come and see Adam. The attributes of the Almighty are not like the attributes of uh, man. Midas Basar Adam. The nature of man is Gavoa Roe es Hagavoa. Vain Gavoa Roe es Hashafal. Someone who is very tall when he stands without. Um, maneuvering his head, he will notice someone who is of similar height. So the tall sees the tall. Uh, someone who is very tall will hardly notice someone who is short, who is low. Who the Almighty is lofty, and he notices the humble, the lowly. Shenemar, the beginning of the Pesach that we saw before, is quoted here in the Gemara, Ki Rom Hashem V'Shafal Yir'eh. The Almighty is way up there, is lofty, but He notices the Shafal, the lowly, the ones of humble spirit. Omar of Chizda V'Tema Mar Ukva Kol Adam Shiesh Bo Gases Haruach Anyone who has this quality of haughtiness, Omar Kodesh Baruch Hu I and he, the, the haughty one, cannot live together in this world. As uh, this, the common uh, saying goes, there isn't enough room in this world for the two of us. Shinemar, the Pasuk says, Miloshni basesireu oso atzmis so in this Pesach, you notice we dashed underline Geva, meaning the high one, the haughty one. And it says, Lo Uchal, Altikri Oso. Instead of reading uh, in this Pesach, Oso Atzmis, read it as Ito Lo Uchal. Let me... Uh, just correct the detail. We read in the Pasuk, Instead of reading at the end of Pasuk, you read means together with him I cannot be. There are those that explain this Pasuk not in the context of the, of the haughty ones, but rather regarding the Speaker, speakers of Loshon Hara, the uh, people who practice uh, slanderous speech. Um, the Pesach made reference to Malashne Baseser, that's from the word Loshon, those who speak Baseser in secret, people who want to uh, uh, defame others, they generally speaking uh, speak in whispers, in quiet, uh, in a hushed form, telling their friends uh, sp- uh, telling stories about others, and in the pasuk it says, "Malashu one who speaks ill, speaks negative about his friends in quiet. Also, me such and such a person, I will cut down." Now, 
he who is is haughty, even a well, literally, a ruach kimo means a uh, kimo is something small, light. Ruach is a breeze, a light breeze uh, destroys him. Uh, the uh, before Shem explained, ruach kimo is a reference to even uh, a, a minor uh, retribution uh, will destroy him. Shenemar v'horishoyim kayom nigrash, the wicked. Like the sea, kiyom nigrash, and we explain. Uma yam shiyeshbo kamol voyos. The sea has many, many revoyos. Revoyos is the pull of the word revius, a liquid measure. So there are many, many gallons of water in the sea. Ruach kimol chroso, a light breeze over the sea, ruffles the sea. The entire sea is ruffled by even a light breeze. A person who has in him a, let us say, a minimum amount of blood, which is sufficient for maintaining a person, uh, is in the eyes of Chazal, is, is termed a revius. That's a minimum amount of blood in a person, is, uh, we'll say, is the minimum amount for life. Uh, so, the sea, which has many revios in it, even a light breeze ruffles it. A person that has just one revius in him, all the more so. The Gemara continues. Omar of Abar Ashi, Rav. Here we have a new marking, a diamond, and on the side, under the Nosei slash Mivneh heading, the topic heading with a structural note combined, the diamond is featured. Here we have a a specific reference to haughtiness in Talmud, uh, in, ta, in Torah scholars. So, Rav says, Talmud Chochem Tzorich Shiebo Echod Mishmoyne Bishminis. A Torah scholar needs to have a little bit of haughtiness in him, not too much, a little bit, an eighth of an eighth. Omar Rav Huna, Braid Rav Yoshua, Ma'atrolei Kisosa Lashibota. And even the little haughtiness that he has in him must be covered like the fibers that cover the head of a grain. Uh, we saw before the uh, analogy to haughtiness uh, through a, a, a tall sheave, uh, sheave of grain with the uh, with the um, the fibers that extend beyond it, and hence you can see the. Uh, continued use of that analogy in, in this context. The Rashi explains on the first wide line, Echod Mishkal Kotenhu. An eighth of an eighth is a reference to a very small weight. Vainu Uchlo. The name of that measure, that weight, is called an Uchlo Klomar. What we're trying to tell you is, Tzorshiebo Ma'at Gaiva. A Talmud Chacham has to have a little bit of of haughty spirit to him, um, or let's say lofty spirit to him. So that the scoffers shouldn't um, take advantage, should not uh, denigrate him. And through this this little measure of of uh, haughtiness or or high-spiritedness that a Talmud Chacham has, so his rulings will be uh, 
will be imposed upon the Kale Horosh, the otherwise uh, light-headed scoffer individuals in his midst. The Rashi goes on to say, a little bit of haughtiness, is fit, is fitting for a Torah scholar, and it's it matroso uh, it uh, serves as a crown upon him like the fibers that uh, that sit atop a head of grain. We continue in the Gemara. Omar Rava, Bishamta de Ispe u Bishamta de Lespe. Bishamta is a reference to uh, being uh, excommunicated. So, Bishamta, one who, the Ispe, that has in him Gassasurach, that has in him haughtiness, deserves excommunication. And Bishamta, the Lespe, one who doesn't have uh, a little bit of Gassasurach, also deserves censuring. And as Ra- Rashi says on that, Bishamta, the Lespe, Gassas Purta, Rashi on the third of the wide lines under the Gemara text, Someone who lacks the the minimum amount of gasus should be censured. Because the people of his community will not fear him. Without this little bit of gasus, he doesn't have the power to chastise them. We continue in the Gemara. Omer of Nachbar Yitzchok, Lo Mino Velo As far as I am concerned, he says. I don't want it, and I don't even want a little bit of it. And why do I want to have no part of Gassus Aruch? Is it a small matter that which the Posuk says that it is an abomination to God? Anyone who is Govalev, who is haughty. Something that is described as, uh, as an abomination to God, I don't want to have any part of it, even the smallest amount. Omar Chizkiah Ain't philosophical Odom Nishmas A person's prayers will not be heard Elohim came Mason Liboy Kabosar unless he makes his heart like flesh. Bosar we'll see a description of this in the Gemara what the intent is in this analogy. Shenemar. The Pasuk says, mm-hmm. A reference made to uh, th- those coming to the Beis Hamikdash to bow and pray. Omar Rabbi Zera, Bosar Ksiv Bey Venirpa, Odom Lo Ksiv Bey Venirpa. When uh, uh, reference is made to Rafua, to uh, healing, the term Bosar appears in the context of healing. The term Odom does not appear in the context of healing. Even though we're essentially, in a sense, we're essentially describing a person, the word describing a person is Bosar, meaning flesh, and not the word Odom. And the Gemara will now analyze these words. Before we analyze the terms Bosar and Odom, let us look at the Rashi, fourth wide line under the Gemara, 
The Gemara had mentioned that a person uh, and his prayers will not be hearkened un, uh, unto unless he makes himself like Bosar. So Rashi says, Shu rach, it's soft, velo ke'even, shu kosher. Soft like flesh and not hard like rock. And the Gemara cited the Pasuk of Yovo Kobosu Lishtachavos, Rashi says, Lishtachavos Lispalel, to come and to bow and in prayer. Oisom Shehem Bosar Yovo Lispalu. Those that are like flesh, as we already described, soft and not hard like rock, will come and pray. Kihem Nishmoim Lifnei They are the ones whose prayers I will heed. Avogase Horuach Loyovo. But the haughty, they will not come. Also, Rashi continues, Bosar quoting the Posuk in the context of Tsaraas. It says, Ubosar Kiaboy Boeroi Shrin Venirpa. Odom Kie Boor Besor Negatsaras, Kie Boodom, Lok Siv Bechad Minayu Venirpa. In the Posuk where the word Odom appears, you don't find the word Venirpa. In the Posuk in which Bosar appears, you do find the word Venir Pa, the word indicating healing. Lefim Darkecha Ato Lomed, through this you can derive Shemishu Rach Vionov Kebosar Korvlus Rapos Misura Boinolov. Someone who is soft and humble is close to receiving healing from the Yisurin from the trials and tribulations that befall him. Avomishu, Kashik, Adama, someone who is hard like Adama, like the earth, Ain Rafua Lamakasiv. There's no healing for his afflictions. That having been said, we now go back to the Gemara where we see an analysis of these words. With the second line from the bottom, Omar Abyochanan, Adam, the word Adam is made up of the letters Aleph Dalid Mem which are Rashi Tevis, which are initials for the words Efer, Dam, Mora. Ash, blood, and gall. Bosar is made of the letters Bez, Shin, Resh, Busha, Srucha, Rima. Uh, em- embarrassment, um, decay, and Rima, also a form of uh, worms and decay. Ika Diamri, another approach to the word uh, Bosar, the middle word Srucha, has the word Sha'ol, Dechsiv Beshin. Instead of the word Srucha, which is spelled with a Samach, even though it has the same uh, sound as a uh, Sin, some would replace it with the word Sha'il, which means the depths or a grave, instead of the word Srucha. That way you have Bez, Shin, Resh, Busha, Sha'il, and Rima. For a little more on this topic, we look into the Rashi. The Rashi picks up where we left off from before. Adam, Loma Nikra Shmoi Adam. Why is a person called by that word? Shu'efer dam mora. Klomar. Kulo hevel. He is completely hevel. Hevel 
something that's frivolous, something of no real value. Therefore, being that a, a person is made of of ash, of like of dirt, and blood and gall, there is no reason for a person to ever show haughtiness. Morahi lichluchis mora yitzis minamriro shibekoved. The mora reference to gall is that which is secreted by the uh, by the gall coming forth from the liver. Umisgaberes beodom hakolufi hachadoshim shinu itim lufi amaychul shoychel vayadel boyin chaloyim unigoyim umach oivus yeshikorim bedivrei oroifim riro shchiro v'yeshikorim riro aduma. Rashi here is elaborating on the uh, fact that uh, many diseases are rooted in the secretions coming forth from the liver and the gall, and there are different medical terms uh, referring to mirirushchura, uh, black gall or red gall. The next Rashi says shoil mokum shoil beso, the depths of one's house. So. In the Gemara, we've seen how the term Odom is made of the words Efer, Dam, and Mora, and the, the, the message one gets from that, as we saw in the Rashi, is that there is no room for a person to be haughty. And Bosar likewise uh, communicates that sentiment, Busha, Srucha, and Rima. We continue with the bottom line of the Gemara, Omra Vashi, Kol Adam Sheshbo Gasis Haruach Lesoif Nifchas. He who has in him this attribute of haughtiness, in the end he will be reduced from his uh, loftiness and will become the least of men. Shen Emar, we continue at the top of Omid Beis. As the Pasuk says, the Lasais. That's a posuk again from the topic of tsaras, and the Gemara analyzes. The word says indicates something lofty. The word nisaos and the word says have the same root. Man, the Pesach makes reference to all the high mountains and hills. So you see the word Lasseis has to do with highness or haughtiness. The Ein Sapachas And in the same Pesach you see the word Sapachas. That has to do with something that is uh, tangential. Something that is unimportant. Something that attaches itself to others, but it itself lacks importance. Shenemar, as the Pesach says, Savchinino elachas akahoinois lechol pas lechem. Attach me, meaning something that's attached, not something that is of central significance in and of itself. We uh, take a look at the Rashi, Savchinino, Asfenino, Benvos Beis Eli Mishtoi Kro, Amid, Kayanem Gdeilum Achirim, Shiotsios Kayane, so Rashi gives us the background to this Pasuk uh, indicating that in the future the descendants of Eli will lose their significance and only be subsidiary to others.
You can see we have a new marking, a double underline, which is featured under the Mivneh, the structural note. These are Mamros Shel Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi. These are uh, comments made by Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi. Omar Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi. Come and see how important, how great the humble are to the Almighty. When the Holy Temple was extant, a person would bring a an, a burnt offering, an Ola sacrifice, he would be rewarded for bringing that specific sacrifice. If he brought a meal offering, he would get meal offering reward. Someone who is of humble spirit, the Torah considers him as, as if he offered all of the different kinds of sacrifices. Shinemar, the Pasik says Zivche Likim Ruach Nishbaral. Notice the word Zivche is the word for sacrifice in the plural form. So that Ruach Nishbaral, the one of broken spirit, of humble spirit, is considered as if he offered all the different sacrifices. Veloid Eloshain Philoso Nemesis. Not only that, but his his prayers will not be disdained. Shenemar Lev Nishbar the broken-hearted and, and lowly-spirited individual, the Almighty will not disdain. In other words, if someone is looking for a chance for his prayers to be heard, it's most advisable that he should adopt the, the characteristic trait of humility. In fact, this uh, uh, idea we saw um, uh, expressed at the very bottom of Ahmed Aleph. The statement was made by Chizkiya, person's prayers will not be heard unless he places his heart like one of flesh, soft and humble. We continue in our Gemara, V'yomer Abishob and Levi, Kol Hashom, or Choysov, Boilam Shom, from the word, maybe Shuma is familiar to some of you, that has to do with a, uh, a calculation. Someone who calculates his ways, who measures his ways. Uh, in this world, will merit seeing the salvation of the Almighty Shinemar. The Pasuk says, V'som derech arenu b'yesha elakim. Al-tikri v'som, v'som means to place, Ela v'som derech, one who calculates his ways. He will merit seeing the Yesha, the salvation of the Almighty. The Gemara in Moikotan elaborates on this a little bit more, where Shom Derech involves people who calculate, is it really worth my while to sin and forego Schar uh, Mitzvah, to forego uh, uh, spiritual benefit in favor of some type of immediate sinful pleasure? Uh, and likewise, is it, it, it calculates the value of investing in mitzvah performance as opposed to uh, engage, uh, engaging in idle activity. 
This kind of lifestyle involves constant evaluation and calculation, which is all encompassed by the term v'shom derech. Ketzad mekanelo v'chulei. Now we go back to explaining the Mishnah that opened our Masechta, Ha Gufa Kashia. Amris, we, looking at the Mishnah, we find that there is an inherent difficulty, an, an inherent contradiction. On the one hand, it says, and by the way, notice we have a long question marking, and the topic at hand, we've noted on the side under the Nosei, Nusach Shokinri, what's the text of the warning that a husband must issue in order for Kinui to be accomplished before the Sota process can continue? So the Mishnah said, Omar law bifnei shnayim al tidabri imish ploini. The Mishnah, after saying, how is Kinui done? It says, a husband says to his wife, do not speak with so-and-so. Alma dibur stirohu. It would then seem to be that speaking with so-and-so, concerning whom the husband warned his wife not to do so, that that would be considered seclusion. And then, when you continue reading the Mishnah, it says, dibro imoi. If she violates that warning and speaks with the uh, prohibited individual, by her merely speaking with him in an open location, she's still allowed to be with her husband and allowed to continue eating truma if her husband is a Kohen. Alma dibor lo So from this part of the Mishnah, you would conclude that speaking is nothing. Omar Abaye Hochi Komar. So now Abaye presents the fuller understanding of the Mishnah, the way one should understand the Mishnah. Once again, the Mishnah uh, began by saying, Ketzad Mekanela, how is Kinui done? Well, Al Tidabri, if his warning is, do not speak with so and so Vidibra, and she does speak. Al Tidabri, Vinistra, or his warning is, do not speak with so and so, and she goes into seclusion with him. Or, Al Tistri, Vidibra, or husband warns his wife, don't go into seclusion with so and so, and she speaks with him in the open. Adayin Muteres Lebeis Muteres Lechobotruma. In all three of these scenarios, she does not become prohibited to her husband. She's allowed to be with her husband, and she's allowed to continue eating truma. However, if she went into seclusion after hearing the husband say, Altistery, do not go into seclusion. And she goes into seclusion, and Shwasa, and she tarries there, Kidei Tuma, the amount of time for intimacy to take place. Asura Lebeisa, Vasura Lechol Betruma. That would result in her being uh, prohibited to continue with her husband and eating Truma until she actually drinks the special waters in the Beisa Mikdash. Let us glance at Rashi uh, across from here, Omar Abai Hochi Komar Omar Law the expression in the Mishnah after the Mishnah said the Ketzad Mekana Law the Omar Lalav Pirusha the Ketzad Mekana Law who? it's not coming to explain 
the question of how does Kinui take place. Elatarti Kotani. Rather, there are two points. If the husband had said, do not speak with so-and-so, and she goes into seclusion with him, or she speaks with him in, in the open. Even though she violated his warning. He said, don't speak with so-and-so. Well, and she, and she went ahead and did speak with him. So, even though she violated his kinui, Eitzel Dibor, regarding speech, O im dibro imo achar kinui gomor, the altistory, or she spoke with him after a full-fledged warning, a proper warning, do not go in seclusion. Adayin ba'achas mishte'elu muteres labayla. Whether it was a full-fledged warning, altistory, and she spoke with so-and-so, or do not speak with so-and-so, and she went into seclusion with him. In either of those cases, she remains unaffected. She's still muteris to her husband. Avol, ovro al-kinui etzel stira, kagon, sh'omar lo altistri. If, however, she violated the warning by going into seclusion after having been told after having been warned, do not go into seclusion, then the kinui takes effect and the resultant seclusion after being told, alt history, would result in her being prohibited to continue with her husband and to continue eating truma if her husband was a Kohen. V'im meis choletis. If the husband that had warned his wife not to go into seclusion with so-and-so. And she did. And before bringing his wife to the base of English, that man, the husband, died. Leaving no children, but leaving a surviving brother. In general, without the issue of soto, without the issue of, without the issue of, uh, of sinfulness, a man dies, leaving a brother dead man leaving no children so the surviving brother is expected to marry the widow in other words his sister-in-law that was left a widow that is called yibum in the event that the surviving brother doesn't want to marry his sister-in-law so there is a process known as chalitza the shoe removal ceremony which frees her to marry whomever she wants the Mishnah says that if the husband who had warned his wife uh, not to be in seclusion with so-and-so, and she, she went into seclusion, and the husband dies, so leaving no children, there is no yibum, there is no marriage to the surviving brother, but there is shoe removal. That indicates to us that she is bound to the surviving brother, but yet the option of marrying him is non-existent. That's a bit peculiar. We have to explain this. On the side of the Gemara, we have a nosei slash mivne heading. You notice a house form, and the house form is used to highlight Rav Yosef and later Rava at the top of Daf Vov. Amai Amrinon 
why is it that we say they ain't isha soita misyabemis that there's no yibum option for the isha sota the mikra the meis bylaw lefnei she shoisa before she uh, had a chance to drink in the special sota waters that would reveal her either innocence or guilt the husband died so there's no yibum you'll see the use of diamonds with Roman numerals one through three. These represent Gimel Lashonos, three versions of Rav Yosef. Three versions within Rav Yosef. So now the Gemara, Amai, Tisyabem, Nami Yevumi. Why does the Mishnah say that there's only Chalitza, the shoe removal ceremony to release the, uh, the Almona? Why is Yibel not presented as, a, as an option? The reason we dashed underline this is because this is the focus of the upcoming Gemara discussion. So, Omar Rav Yosef, Omar Krah, V'yotza mibeso v'holcha v'hoiso li'ishacher. The Pasuk in Dvorim Perek Chof Dalid is a Pasuk that's in the context, and Rashi provides you with the background, of a husband that found his wife to be uh, behaving immorally. Uh, the before, and you can see it in by looking in the Rashi, it says, Ki dovar, etc. The Pusik describes a husband divorcing his wife, and it says that she then goes to an Ish Acher. If the purpose of the Pusik was simply to say that a man who divorces his wife, who's, uh, let's say, sus- suspected of immoral behavior, and after the divorce, she's then free to marry someone else. You, the Pasuk could have simply said, She leaves his house and goes to another man. Why does the Pasuk add the word Acher? It says, Acher. So with that issue in mind, the uh, Gemara goes on and says, The woman who was say, suspected of immoral behavior, she can marry some outsider, the lowly of them. So the word achir is here to serve as a limitation or an exclusion of the yavam, of the surviving brother. So she can go to marry some outsider, but not the yavam who's kind of like inside, he's part of the family. Well, if you're saying that the that it's a scriptural dictum that she shall not marry the Yavam, so, so then there should be no need for the Chalitza ceremony either. Chalitza is the release of the bond between the widow and the surviving brother. But if there's no option for her to marry the surviving brother because of this pasuk, so apparently there's no bond. And if there's no bond, so then why should there be any chalitza requirement? Uh, let's take a look at the Rashi uh, on the fifth line under the Gemara text. The Torah exempts her from Yibum. And allows her to marry another man under any under any circumstances uh, once she leaves this house. So that if 
the woman suspected of immorality is divorced, she's able to marry any other man. Why then is there any need for chalitza? Let's continue in the Gemara. Omar Leis, Rav Yosef answers Abayah and says, Ilu Isay Labal. If the husband was still alive, and we're dealing with the husband of a woman who behaved in a questionable fashion. If that husband was alive, this is a husband that had warned his wife not to be in seclusion with so-and-so, and she went and violated that. And that husband, let us say, wanted to divorce her. Milo Bayel get? Would she not, in fact, require a get? She wouldn't just be free to go with nothing. Hashtonami, now that the husband is not around, but the surviving brother is there, Tipoi Chalitza. We have a Chalitza requirement. The Chalitza requirement, in a manner of speaking, takes the place of the get, the divorce document the, that the original husband would have had to provide. So that even though we're dealing with a woman who behaved in a morally questionable way, she's not free to go with nothing. Something is required. If the husband himself was still around and he didn't want to go ahead with the, uh, let's say, with the chalitza, with the uh, sota process, he would divorce her with a divorce document, with a get. Likewise, with the surviving brother, Chalitza is required to fully release her. V'is de Amri, another version. Omar of Yosef. Rachmona Omar, V'yotza mi beiso v'holcha v'oisulishacher. When we say another version, another version as to why is there no Yibum? So Rav Yosef explains the Torah says she leaves his house in the case of a uh, regular uh, uh, husband-wife situation where the woman behaved uh, in an in a immoral fashion. We say the husband finds some kind of questionable moral uh, aspect to his wife. The, the Torah says, well, he uh, divorces her and she leaves his house. She goes, she goes to some other man. She doesn't remain with her husband, um, uh, uh, a wife who is, who is suspected of ervas dovar, of immorality. Why does she not remain with him? So that she shouldn't destroy his house. Rashi makes reference to a Gemara that we saw quite recently on Daf Gimel Omid Beis, when there is znus, when there is immorality in the house, it's like the worm eating away, destroying the uh, the the uh, karia. Karia was a type of vegetation, and in fact, in that Gemara we saw that this. Uh, um, Type of let's say lewdness is the is the is the source of destruction in a household when it's practiced when it's uh, characteristic of the wife of the woman of the house. So that we, the Torah has this expectation that in the situation in the uh, uh, the context of immorality of lewdness she should leave the house so that it's not destroyed. The lolistere lebeis she shouldn't destroy his house.
She shouldn't, shouldn't destroy the family. Better that she should go away. And you're suggesting that there should be evil means keep her in the family. That's the reason that Yibum is not an option, is not suggested. Well, with this in mind, she shouldn't marry someone else either, so as not to destroy his house. Omar Lei, Rav Yosef, responds. We continue at the top of Daf Vov. Are we, are we imposing her on that outsider? We're not imposing her on him. So, therefore, there isn't a, a concern about, uh, some, uh, about someone else's household being destroyed. What, what does bother us, and hence we say there's no Yibum, is if we would say that Yibum is a reality... Yibum is, in fact, a type of... It's a mitzvah that has precedence over chalitza. So that leaving... If Yibum was an option, it would be similar to... would be almost... would be tantamount to imposing her on the surviving brother, on her brother-in-law. And this idea of imposing a problematic woman, a woman who is characterized as Ervas Dovar, as uh, immoral, that we don't want. But leaving her free to marry someone else without the, the pressure, without any form of imposing, that's okay. Ve'ika the Amri. Here we have a third version. Again, we're dealing with the issue of why is it that when the Husband of the Sota dies before she goes to the base of Igdush. Does the Mishnah indicate Chalitza but no Yibom? Omar of Yosef, Hakosov Koroi Achir. The Posik in Dvorim, which featured the woman who was immoral, Erevas Dovar, when she goes and marries someone else, it says, Vaholcha Vahoysel Ish Achir. Doesn't say just Leish, it says Leish Achir. The word Achir has a certain, we'll say, negative connotation. She'ein ze ben zugo shel rishon. Anyone who marries her, this woman that's involved with questionable morality, anyone who marries her, he's not ben zugo, he's not the equal of her first husband. In what sense? The original husband, seeing a woman of questionable morality, he gets rid of her. He puts her out of his house. The, the Risha, the, the wicked one. And the one who does marry her, so he's taking in the wickedness, the evil, into his house. And with this in mind, you're suggesting that the surviving brother should marry her, should do yibum with her. The whole point here is to get the risha, get the wickedness, get the evil out of your house. Why, why in the world would you think to suggest that there should be yibum, which means bringing her into the house? 
Well, in the case of a woman like this, the the Sota, she or the, the woman suspected of Ervazdov of immorality. Let us say she does go ahead and marry some outsider. And that outsider, that other guy, dies who's mace below Bonim. He dies leaving no children. Are you going to say then that there should be no yibum because he who picks her up is called an acher? An acher, we've mentioned before, it's a, he's not Ben Zugo Sharishon, he's, he's uh, viewed in a skeptical light. So, because of that, because the one who then marries her afterwards is called acher, there should be no yibum in that scenario. The Gemara answers no. In that scenario where she had been divorced because of husband number one and Ervas Dovar and immorality on her part in that original household, so he gets rid of her. Mr. Two marries her, but then the the transition from Mr. Two to his surviving brother. That's not a problem. And there, therefore, we don't exclude Yibum in that case. Gabei Dahai, regarding her presence with that second husband, Miha B'Shem She had a good reputation while married to him. It's true that when he picked her up, when he married her, so he was taking into his, his, his domain a woman described as Rishah, as wicked, as evil. But, if she didn't continue any questionable ways in her marriage to Mr. Two, upon his death, if there are no children, Mr. The, 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 the surviving brother, the Yavam of Mr. Two, could in fact do evil. And we continue now, as you can see, the house marking, indicating uh, a new approach, uh, it's called the Rova's approach to why is it that there is no Yibum. Rova Omar Kalvachomer. He uses Kalvachomer logic. He says, Im Nesra Bemuter law, if the Sota becomes prohibited to her husband. Her husband was a person who originally was allowed to be with her husband and wife, of course. They're Mutter to one another. But she became prohibited through her uh, violation of his warning. Be'asur law lo kol So then all the more so with regard to the Yavam, her brother-in-law, brother-in-law's strictly forbidden to a sister-in-law. As we go on in the Gemara, we have a double underline marking. You can see on the side under the Mivna, under the structural note, We've ex- we explain here, these are two nisyoinois shel abaye, these are two attempts by abaye, lifroicha kavachomer shorova, to undo, to question the kavachomer of rova. But it, at this point, before we go on, through rova's kavachomer, we understand why yibom is not an option. If she became prohibited to her husband, someone to whom she originally was allowed, with regard to the brother-in-law, to whom she was prohibited, certainly she will not be allowed. Using this logic, 
Shekidesh es Walmono Umes, a Kohen Gadol who married a widow. This, by the way, is a type of marriage that is prohibited to a Kohen Gadol. And the Kohen Gadol, he married an Almona. He's, he's supposed to marry a, a woman who was never married, a virgin, a basula that was never married. Well, he went ahead. This high priest did go ahead. He violated the rules and he married an Almona and he died, leaving no children. And there survives the Kohen Gadol, a brother who's a regular Kohen, Kohen Hedyot, a common Kohen. Lotus Yabem. There should be no Yibum. Based on this logic. From the way that this issue is presented, we are going to make the assumption then that, of course, there is Yibum in this case. So Abaye is pointing out that, well, according to the logic that you just presented, you, Rava, just presented, then the following should not result in Yibum, and yet there is. So, what was Abaye's case? The case of the Kohen Gadol that had married an Almona, died leaving no children, uh, and there's a, a common Kohen a brother that survives. There should be no Yibum, based on what? In Nasra Bamutar law, if she was uh, forbidden to someone who, to whom she was allowed, to one, the, the uh, brother-in-law, uh, her brother-in-law, uh, who, to whom she was forbidden, all the more so. The Gemara points out that there's a total lack of parallel. First of all, Nasra Ha'asira V'kaima. In Rova's Kalvachomer, he described the Sota who Nesra became prohibited through her violating the warning she received. The case of Abaye doesn't is, is not reflective of a situation where she became prohibited. Ha'asira an Almona, a widow to a Kohen Gadol, was prohibited at the outset. Furthermore, Mutter Law in Abaye's description, he described the Kohen Gadol Shikinish as being what? Nesra Mutar Law. That uh, she became prohibited to someone that she was originally allowed. But she was never originally allowed. Asr Lahu. The Kohen Gadol was prohibited from the outset. So the Gemara discounts uh, Abaye's challenge simply on the grounds that it's not parallel to what Rava was describing. Ella, well, try number two, a second attempt on Abaye's part to, uh, we'll say, discredit the Kavachomer of Rava. Ella, what's this? Eishez Kohen Shenen Saumais, the wife of a Kohen, who was raped. And it, it should be understood that a Kohen, contrary to other members of Klai Israel, the rank and file um, uh, people of Israel, Jew- Jewish men, if their wives wives are raped, so there's no problem with her continuing to live with her husband. Not so in the case of a Kohen. A Kohen's wife was raped, though it's a very sad story. Nevertheless, the Torah prohibits the Kohen from continuing to be with his wife. So, Aishas Kohen Shenensa, a wife of a Kohen that was raped, Umes, and then the 
Kohen dies, leaving no children. And the Kohen that died has a brother. It's a brother from a, we'll say, a common father. However, this brother had a mother that was a Grusha, was a divorcee. And the father, this father was the common father to both of them, he had married a divorce, a second woman, a second wife who was prohibited to him. That brother is called a Cholo. He is uh, essentially a non-Kohen. So, a woman who was married to a legitimate Kohen, but she was raped. And the Kohen died, leaving no children. And he has a brother from a common father. And by the way, Yibum takes place only between brothers that have a father in common. He has a brother with a from a common father. The brother is a Cholol. He is a, a brother that's not considered a Kohen. There should be no Yibum. Lotus Yabem. There should be no Yibum. How? And by the way, just like we said before, in the case like this, there we're, we're, we are to understand that in fact there is Yibum. But with the logic of Rava, there would be no Yibum. And the fact that there is Yibum shows that Rava's logic is discredited. Now, what? how would the logic operate? In Nesra, the Mutter law, if the wife of the Kohen that was raped became forbidden to her husband, that's you see here the word Nesra is precise. She became prohibited through the rape. So here you have a woman who became prohibited to her husband, Be'osr law law kol shekane, to a brother-in-law, all the more so, she should be prohibited. The idea being that the uh, the esur of onus, the prohibition uh, uh, created by the rape, should end up prohibiting her to the surviving brother, to her brother, to the yavam. So uh, the Gemara responds that this challenge to Rava's logic is rejected. Why? We just described, we just suggested that the prohibition created by the onus, which made her forbidden to someone she was allowed to be with, namely her husband, all the more so that problem of onus, of rape, will certainly prohibit her to the Yavam. And here's the catch. The Gemara goes on. Oynes be Yisrael Mishra Shori. We mentioned this earlier. Ones rape, when it comes to standard Jewish men, that has no effect on their wives. If a married woman is raped, she goes back to her husband, assuming he's not a Kohen. So that Ones rape is not the source of prohibition that would have any effect on someone that's not a Kohen. The Gabi Dehai, regarding the Cholo, the brother who is a Cholo, this Kohen's brother 
in effect, he was a non-Kohen. Leko Isura. There is no prohibition. So that uh, trying to discredit Rava's Kavahomer through the case of the Aishas Kohen Ensah and uh, the Kohen dies and we say that there is Yibum fine, there is Yibum over there is no reason not to allow the Yibum. There is no basis for uh, for prohibiting the surviving brother. But in the case of an Isha Saita, a woman who is suspicious of of immorality after having been warned by her husband, she becomes also to the man that she was allowed to be with, to the brother-in-law, someone to whom she's forbidden to be with, all the more so she will not become allowed. Just to highlight a, it might be picayune on our part, but just notice a distinction between the Isha Sota, there the prohibition was a prohibition that is not limited to kahuna. That's a prohibition that applies to all. So that prohibition that prohibited her to her husband, all the more so she will remain prohibited to the surviving brother. But in the case of the Aishas Kohen Shenensa, that, the, we'll say the source of prohibition over there, was not a problem that applies to Klali so it was limited to a Kohen. So that problem does not affect the mitzvah of Yibum. With that, we conclude our shiur for today.